Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. Siege of Fame as Reno Miller, a man driven to the very edge. And then beyond. Killer is coming, coming, coming. I think coming. cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. Sidequest. Doing some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes. That is better. I'd be sick for fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! Sidequest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode number 12 of SideQuest Podcast. I am one half of your host here of... David from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast, and as always, I'm being joined by... It's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm here on behalf of Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And on this one, we decided that since we both really enjoy kind of like the exploitation films, especially, you know, ones from like the late 70s, early 80s, we decided that we were going to take on a video nasty of The Driller Killer, now, before we kind of get into anything with the movie and everything like that, um, what was your kind of history about this movie uh, before we decided to actually, you know, select this one? Well, uh, this is one that I hadn't watched again, to add that to the list, but uh, it's one that I had passed on Amazon a couple times and thought about, uh, like two times for sure I thought about watching it, and I don't know what it was about it that I just decided not to, or I found something different. But, it, I mean, the the cover got my interest and the kind of little synopsis they give right there. I was like, uh, I like these kind of movies, so I, I might check it out one day. I think I added it to a watch list, maybe, but I don't think I ever came back to it. Okay. Yeah, because I'm actually kind of in the same boat as you, is that I knew about this movie, but for whatever reason, just hadn't watched it. Um, one of my, like, favorite podcasters, um, Duncan from the podcast Under the Stairs, he had reviewed this as part of either the 88 film slasher collection or it was doing a arrow video kind of look at a dvd it was one of the two and when i listened to his show i had commented on his post about it he was telling me how he kind of knows some of the movies that i'm into and he you know highly recommended it and i mean it's been two years i think since he you know threw out that recommendation so i'm now finally you know knocking this one out yeah, I mean, this is this has got to be like a cult movie because I don't know, I don't know too many people that's ever that I've ever heard really talk about it. Uh, this right. director, like, he's made some movies that people talk about a lot, but this isn't one that I had heard a lot about, you know, b- uh, before we started talking about it. Yeah, that's actually where I wanted to go next. Actually, is that we both have seen, you know, randomly some of Abel Ferreira's movies, just not necessarily this one. Because I know for me, I've seen 
The Addiction. I don't think I've actually seen any of his other ones, but I do have a lot of them on my list. And you had said you'd seen a couple of them, didn't you? Yeah, um, and, and I really liked the two that I had seen from him. Uh, King of New York, and that's got um, Lawrence Fishburne and um, Christopher Walken. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think Steve Buscemi's in it, too. It's pretty yeah, good. Right. Um, and Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Cattell. Not the uh, newer one, but the older one. Because the newer one is who? Nicolas Cage, I think? I think so. Not that, that one. Right. I'm talking about the one with Harvey Cattell, the older one. Right. So, yeah, both of those were really solid and really weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was already a fan of his and didn't even know it, apparently. <laughs> Perfect, then. Actually, something I forgot to say when we were talking, you know, just a little bit in pregame is Christopher Walken also makes a appearance in The Addiction, actually, as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So is yep. he not in his stable, but kind of like that? <laughs> they teamed up a they couple They at least times. worked well enough together exactly where they decided that he would at least make a cameo in that movie. Yeah, that's always cool for me. I, li- I like when, when some directors have a, have a group of actors that are recurring in some of their movies. I think that's kind of cool. Me too, especially I feel like if you get to a point where you trust this person, so if you ask them to do something, you know you're going to get exactly what you're looking for. Or I think sometimes when you do more of like a director for hire where you have people who don't necessarily know how the other one works, it sometimes you might not get the best performance. Because, I mean, actually bringing up a guy you referred to as Nicolas Cage is that he's been in some really bad movies where he's given bad performances, but if you get a director that knows how to use him, he can turn in some amazing performances. Yeah, he's one of those kind of special actors where, like, the role's got to be right. And if, yeah. if it's the kind of role that, like, you know, plays his strengths, then, yeah, he'll really give you a good performance. But you got to, I think you really got to let him go. For sure. <laughs> and it's got to be a role that allows that or it doesn't come across <laughs> right. That is very true. Because I've seen some tapered down uh, cage, and that doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Okay, man, but um, did you want to uh, talk about um, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier about the uh, interviews and stuff from the re-release? Yep, let me go ahead and introduce the movie then officially, then we'll get into that before we actually jump into the movie itself. Then sound good? Alrighty. All right, so like I said, we're doing, uh, I'm going to throw up the spoiler warning now just so that way anybody, you know, from this point on, I would recommend, uh, you know, checking out the movie before so we don't ruin anything for you. This one, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be more of that because it's, there's not actually a whole lot to the story, so I will kind of, you know, let you know that as well. But The Driller Killer is from 1979. It is directed by Abel Ferreira, who also stars in this. It was written by Nicholas St. John. And then it's co-starring Carolyn Mars and Baby Day. And this looks like it is, let's say, drama horror thriller that is from the United States. And I got a question about one of our actresses here. Yep. Um, because at times I kept having, I looked back into the, um, the cast just to be sure. Because I was like, is this, um, what's her name? Catherine Zeta-Jones? Cause this kept this one chick looked like a young, a young version of her. Like not all the time, but like a lot of times. There's right. like shots of her, and it's like, it looks like a young Catherine's age, but she's not even born. I mean, she's born, but I think she's a baby at this point. I say yeah, she probably would have been. Cause I feel like she was born time. like in the '60s or something, so she would have been yeah. like a kid, but still. Right. <laughs> I was like, she looks a lot like her, like a lot. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? The one that was his girlfriend? Yeah, I, I can see what you're getting at, yeah. It was it was some scenes where I was like, wow, is that her? 
Let me just make sure one more time. I maybe maybe she had an alias or something, like he did. Maybe she did the alias thing. I don't know. Maybe. But now nah, I never. But now nah, I wouldn't hear. But I, but it looked like her. There's just if you watch it, anybody that watches the movie, just just get back to me. Let me know what you thought. Cause I thought I thought she was a ringer for a younger, like early career Catherine Zeta. And she's a hot topic because she's back with Adam's family. So there you go. Oh, yep, that's that is very true. <laughs> Just to bring us back like, around to get to the to what's going on. <laughs> it actually like the actress in this movie. This is really the only thing she ever did, which is kind of crazy because I thought she was pretty solid. Or maybe she faked her own death and came back as Catherine Zeta Jones. I don't maybe know. she did. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. The flat Just looking pickings. it up, Catherine Zeta Jones would have been ten years old when this movie was made. That's what <laughs> we think. But whoever this actress that's is, true. when she came back, she took that. How can we trust Highlander? Right? I just watched Highlander again, and he—that's what he did. He took aliases of dead yeah. kids and then just said it was him. So, <laughs> Catherine Zeta—I don't know—that accent may be fake. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Let's, we can jump back in, man. Okay. So, uh, did you want to go ahead and go over that some of that uh, re-release stuff I was talking about? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go into that stuff here? Okay, so um, Arrow Arrow Films uh, did a re-release DVD for the Driller Killer, and um, they found I think that's where they had the uh, extended version. They found so, the extra yeah. footage, and also and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now because I, I I think most of the extra footage is is inconsequential to what's going on in the plot. It's mostly just extended scene, so don't feel like you have to watch the extended version to understand more or anything. It's it's not really. Cause I seen all the scenes, and you can you can always check movies and see the try to find the uh, extended or deleted scenes, and I kind of saw them, and you're not missing much. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to watch the uh, <laughs> extended version. But anyways, uh, they had some extra interviews on the DVD commentary. Uh, so that was something I, I got some notes from. Okay, so um, one thing I thought that that I, it kind of played more than after I read it. Is that he kind of wanted this to be an exploitative uh, horror, but kind of comedy. Okay. So it felt it felt kind of like that when you think about it. What do you, do you could you tell that there was some comedy in some of the stuff that was going on? Yeah, if it, I mean, yeah, I. It's not I mean, the it was sense. it was dry. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I say it's definitely if there is anything like that, it's definitely a dark comedy. It's more in the, some of the editing choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's almost like how they were an intruder, but not as direct. How okay. some of the yeah. cuts, like from something horrific to something kind of light, or there's there's some weird cuts that, and they play like a little music that's kind of yeah a comedic sure. change, changing theme or something. But it's it's weird, but yeah, I can kind of see slight slight comedy because it's when he go when it gets going. I mean, it gets kind of crazy some of the stuff he's doing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. Sure. Maybe some of that, like, uh, Verhoeven stuff where it's so much over the top to make it comedic or whatever. But, um, okay. Uh, so, of course, Reno was actually him. We got that. Um, so, the film, he made a documentary about uh, New York winos and something else, like the homeless and something else. Yeah. So, a lot of the filler B-roll we have in this movie is from that documentary. Because he never finished it and didn't have anything to do with the footage. <laughs> so he just incorporated it into this movie. Which probably helped with the budget that he already had that footage of it. And that's true. I mean, that, 
it's nice that it worked out that way. Yeah, and and the fact of what he's doing and who he's targeting, that kind of connects. I'm sure that's not a coincidence. Based on having I'm that actually footage. really interested. I kind of wish he would have, like, finished that. Because I would almost want to see, like, what he was trying to document there. Well, I looked at his career. And here, like, in his later career, he's done a lot of documentaries about okay. different things. Now, yeah. I feel like they're mostly... Where is he from? He's Italian? I believe so. Because I think a lot of them had, like, Italian titles. But they were all, like, maybe, like, six or seven different documentaries here hmm. in the last 10 years, maybe, 10 or 15 yeah. years. So I guess he's, that was something he's always had a passion for, maybe. Because there's something he's really into now, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, maybe, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> but uh, let me, there's one last thing on this. Um, there, He said that a lot of the um, script wasn't written. So when they were shooting a lot of these scenes, there's a lot of uh, improvised scenes where he just kind of gave them a basic scenario of what's going to happen or what needs to happen, and everybody kind of improvs. I can see that, and I mean, I enjoy when that's done, like, right, and it's done well, because I almost feel like it adds, like, a layer to the character that these people can kind of just be themselves. Yeah, and I mean, also, you get to really dig deeper in that character because you're having to kind of respond and and you know answer as that character so that kind of gives you that that opportunity to really dig deep into it now i'm not i don't think everybody did that in this movie but yeah that's why i was trying to pick my words carefully there because like but the opportunity is there when when they when they let you do that right exactly but uh everybody didn't take advantage in this movie okay but um that's all i really have about that about those okay. things, uh, I just thought those were some some key points that we could probably talk about. But um, that's pretty much it on that. Um, you want to go ahead and jump into the movie? Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, so this movie, we were kind of talking about this in the pregame, is that it kind of jumps in at a very weird point, is that we have our main character of Reno Miller, who's portrayed by, uh, you're saying, you know, Ferreira himself, he goes into a church, and there is this old man that's in there praying, and a nun tells him to, you know, go speak with this guy, and Reno gets freaked out because this man touches his hand, causes him to flip out, and he ends up leaving. But what we end up learning is that in the taxi where Reno is with his girlfriend of Carol Slaughter, who's portrayed by Carolyn Mars, is that... She wants to know how this old man knew him because he had a piece of paper in his pocket that had his name and phone number on it, but Reno kind of just cuts it off and doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, and the movie kind of just doesn't want to talk about it either because it just that is true. Just yeah, kind of drops this off the face of the earth. But I thought I really, and I'm, I'm saying this now. This isn't you know indicative of my review of the movie, but I I just really wanted the movie to be this. What it was here at the river. This, I thought this was a really dope scene. How I loved how it looked when he's kind of silhouetted walking into the red, and I loved the theme that was playing. Whatever song that was, that was pretty cool. That's actually kinda the first synthy, note I had synthy in song. my notes. Yep, it was. I was like, I already liked the soundtrack. Yeah, that was really cool. So I, I was, and I think I think we talked about this before, and I said that I always felt this could be like Maniac, and with that first scene. I was like, oh, it's going to be like Maniac. But no, it's not. Not quite like Maniac. But 
that there first are some scene, similarities though. Yeah, yeah, there's some parts that are similar, but not quite maniac. Right. But but that first scene I thought was really, really well done. Yeah, I, I thought so too. But it, the way it just drops off is is kind of ridiculous. Yes, exactly. The that that scene just gets in stays in the cab and drives off yes. as, as the movie continues. <laughs> and I will say we do have this um, church scene is a reoccurring kind of at least images from it that will you know kind of revisit here periodically as well usually just through nightmares or like dream sequences that um, Reno is having yeah it's it's an interesting thing to come back to and there's something else we're going to get to here in a minute that you're going to keep coming back to yes. uh, in those same dream sequences as well but okay Let's see. Uh, so then I believe from there, this couple starts getting, you know, hot and heavy in the taxi, and they head over to... So, hold on. I gotta stop real quick, because this is the director sitting in the backseat of this uh, car. He reaches yeah. under this chick's skirt and grabs her boob. Is that is that improv, director? What are we doing? Because now that I didn't it's realize he was the director the first time I watched it. Okay. And then I realized, then I started doing research and rewatched it, and I was like, "Man, you're taking some liberties here as the director." No, I mean, That's a bit much. I don't know if anybody ever said anything. I wonder if he was dating her at the time. Oh, okay. Well, that's possible. Okay, I, okay. So maybe. I mean, I don't know. This, is but if not, if not, that's that's a bit much to improv. Too. Oh, for sure. Because like, if they are, it makes sense to me. Because I was like, okay, you know, that's you know. You're actually, you know, doing something that's very, you know, natural if you were, you know, dating this person. But if not, it's kind of a... Yeah, I wonder if she knew he was going to do that. (laughs) But you don't see her face, so you don't know how she reacts. That's true. (laughs) I don't know, but just watching it the second time, I noticed that, and I was like, wait a minute, you're the director, man. What are you doing? (laughs) But okay. So, I mean, I guess it has its perks. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. If you take advantage of it, yeah. But okay, so where are we going next? To the apartment? I I believe so. I believe that's where we go is to the apartment where we get is to the next day for the um, deal or whatever. Or wait a minute. Don't they actually go and meet with the... Um, the... Because they go into the building and he tells the taxi just to hold on because he's going to be real quick. I believe he actually goes and meets with his the art dealer that is commissioning his piece. So we get to briefly meet with Dalton Briggs as well as whatever the woman that he has hanging out with her before they end up heading home. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And then, um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't understand that exactly what was going on with that. But then later you find out that he's the, the person that he works for, cut type deal. Yeah, I think it's just something along those lines where it's like, this is going to be a character that we're going to end up, you know, hearing and seeing from more later. So we just at least want to give him, you know, an introduction as soon as possible type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's get to the next day because that's when he gets the phone bill thing or is it electricity? Yes. All the bills. He's going through the bills. Yeah, because I think that actually is the morning as well when we really kind of get to meet his other roommate of Pamela who is getting ready to use a drill on a door and they literally go back and forth for i don't know a good like three or four minutes about i'm gonna drill here is this right yes no and then they keep going back and forth with that yeah because that's what wakes him up because he's in there drilling 
Yes. But yeah, what what are they doing? I, I still never knew what they were trying to do. I have no idea outside of just putting a hole in that door. To do what? To... I, that's really the only thing I I have no. <laughs> I'm gonna idea. I'm gonna have sense. a question about that later, as we get in the podcast about this drill, because it's a magical drill. It can do a lot of stuff that I don't think it should be able to do. <laughs> but we'll we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, but anyways, he's looking at the bills. And I thought this was a funny moment because he's like, two dollars and something, three dollars and something, seven dollars, and I was like, wow, that's not a lot. <laughs> but back then, that was a lot for the phone. Right, <laughs> because the two women that he's living with have been calling all over the country, and each one of them has a reason why they're making those phone calls. It is funny though that he's freaking out about like a seven dollar phone call, but I mean. <laughs> With inflation, it's probably, like, upwards of more of, like, $20 now. So, I mean, I guess I could understand, you know, the anger. Yeah, and it's, and this is where I'm asking myself, like, are they, like, in a polyamorous kind of deal? Or what's going on? Because there's three people, and he's like, are we splitting the bills three ways? Like, what's going on here? That was my initial thought there, is, you know, kind of what their situation was. We kind of were talking about it, and I think you were right, is that I think... Reno is dating Carol, and I think Carol is dating Pamela. So I think really the only like tie that binds is the brunette. You know what? Thinking about it now, Carol is kind of out there. It's, it's not something you see that often in movies at this time, right? Oh, no. She's just like... like they, that they have that kind of relationship that's kind of open? That seems yeah, weird. It's right around that weird time, though. Like, I mean, the 70s had a lot of kind of... Uh, well, you're that right. That type of weird stuff. Artistic, more artistic type stuff. Yeah, especially how, like, him being an artist and everything like that. I, I could see it. Man, there... Okay, I, I hate to jump off topic. But there's a movie that I really wanted to see, and it's a movie that supposedly you can't even see it because it's... The original print is, like, hidden somewhere. But okay. it was, um... The dude that made Ganja and Hiss, he okay. made another movie about a couple that goes to... South America and tries to fix their romance by having like a swinger type thing. Oh. And it made me think about it when we were just talking about this right now. But I, I was trying to find that movie and I can't find nothing but like screenshots of scenes, a couple scenes. Huh. But it's some movie that supposedly they said it would, after they made it, nobody would put it out or something. So it's just sitting in a vault somewhere or something. Huh. And it, it was only shown like. At one theater or something. It was some ridiculous story. And I was like, it looks good. And the premise sounded so cool. I was like, and I like his movies. I want to see it. But yeah. now nah, you can't see it. So I I would be interested in being able to see a lot of the movies from that date, that time frame. Like, I think there's probably more movies like that that we don't even, we can't even see. That probably yeah. were made and just, you know, put in somebody's vault. It is a shame because there are some that, yeah, that I'm in the same boat where I really want to see but know that I'll probably, you know, never kind of get that chance. Because everything I could find on that movie was, like, people's recollections of seeing it when it premiered. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I don't know how accurate any of this is. (laughs) Right. But, okay. But that's that's an interesting thing. But, okay. Back to this one. I'm sorry about that. That's a weird tangent. It's also kind of funny that this scene here that they 
Also, we're talking about murder, and they bring up uh, the Son of Sam killer, who also, they call him here the forty-four caliber killer. Oh, and they yeah. also talk about some how people are messed up where somebody had, you know, microwaved their poodle. And, and see, that sounded like urban legends to me, because isn't that like an urban legend? Um, I know the one with the poodle is where the woman um, was trying to dry her dog off and put it in the microwave to do it. I know that's an urban legend. I wouldn't be shocked if some of these news stories are... I mean, obviously, like, the Son of Sam killer was, uh, you know, was a thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sickos that actually did do that at some point. Yeah, I mean, who knows? The world is a crazy place. That is true. I, th- I did think it was kind of weird that they're just sitting there talking about that. <laughs> just at the... Like not, not breakfast table, yeah, but I don't know what... Just that they're... Good. This is a morning, and that's what they're talking about. <laughs> I do also love that when he's freaking out about the bills, that he finally snaps and throws the telephone through the window as a way to, you know, get everybody to stop <laughs> using the phone. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Because <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, like, because y'all are calling out, and now we can just call any state and I think it doesn't matter but oh yeah now it doesn't but back then but then I was thinking like you remember because I know you're younger than me so but I think cell phones were still expensive when you were a kid maybe yes they were I didn't get my first one until 16 and I had minutes so like I could only use it in emergencies so yeah I grew up my whole childhood where like we only really made local phone calls yeah and they taxed you when you went over your minutes because as an adult I had Uh, two stepsons they were teenagers and they both would go over minutes all the time (laughs) and I'm talking like they tax they would tax you like a hundred bucks two hundred bucks like it was ridiculous back then (laughs) and now you can just call any state and I think it doesn't matter (laughs) so it also helps with things like we're using now where we can call each other over like yeah over social media sites and stuff stuff. yeah Yeah. so yeah it's (laughs) it's a lot better now than it was then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but that's but but interesting. Just throw it out the window. That solves the problem, I guess. I, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, well, he's already kind of getting on edge here, and that's going to be a developing trend. He's starting yeah, to be on the edge here. Exactly. I mean, we kind of got when he first talked to the art dealer that they really need him to finish that painting, and then this is kind of the second thing that we get to see where the bills are a bit too much. And we also kind of learn not too long after this is that they are literally living off of Carol's alimony checks because she is divorced. So everything that they're trying to do and they're, you know, behind on their bills and everything is because they don't have enough money coming in and they're just living off of what she's getting from her ex-husband. So what, do we ever know what happened with her and her ex-husband as far as why they broke up? We don't officially I know that later in the movie that Reno is, like, reminiscing with Carol about the time that they met. I almost feel like she just left her husband for Reno because, I mean, I don't see what he really has to offer. But I just feel like they he got let her have a girlfriend and, and maybe maybe the other dude didn't look like, he didn't look like a guy that would let her have a girlfriend. I, I and Reno's that, like, yeah. hey, you know, more to marry her. Yeah, she definitely thought that she could, you know, live a more wild lifestyle, and that's exactly what she She's like, I can get the two-for-one special, or I can... (laughs) Exactly. See, there you go. So, she got... She was living a wild... She wanted to live a wild life. She seems... That's weird, because she seems like the more laid-back one, but she's the one really living the wild life. 
She is, yeah. <laughs> this, I, well, I guess it's not wild. People. It's not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. This is a different world we live in. I'm sorry. It's not a weird life. It's it's a lifestyle choice. Sorry. That's fair. I'm sorry, fair. guys. <laughs> I'm not against it or, or anything. I'm just saying, hey, for her to go from, in this in this time period of life, that this yeah. movie takes place is what I'm really saying. <laughs> she just needs to do some experimentation. Yeah, she's experimenting. And I, I just think that's that's kind of cool, a cool thing to see. And you know, we never even talk about it. We never even mention it. It's just a thing in the movie. I agree. I think it's actually kind of a cool part of it is that it's so normalized in like the world of this movie that nobody questions it. It's like everybody knows, too, because everybody's asking. I feel like characters ask about each other. Hey, where's yeah. whoever? Where's Reno? Or maybe I'm maybe making that up, but I feel like there's some filler <laughs> where people are asking about each other like they... Like, everybody knows they're a three couple. They just... Yeah, that's yes. the three. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> no problem, no problem at all. Um, and then it's also around here that we... I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily always... I think it might have been leading into this as well, is that we they also reiterate that Reno might have never known his father. We kind of think that that was the old man that we saw. And he does have these reoccurring nightmares as well that are very surreal, which I thought was kind of a cool idea just because, like, when you dream, it's not, you know, necessarily linear or make a whole lot of sense as well. Yeah, and thinking about it now, by what you were saying mm -hmm. earlier about the pressure and stuff, yeah. the dreams really do reflect of the things that are bothering him. Yes. So, and because we do get the buffalo, I think, in one of these early sequences. I the one so that he's too. painting, because because yep. it makes a weird sound and it zooms in on the eye several times, but I never understand the significance of that. I mean, I'll say though is that that the whoever did like that painting, which I believe you said that it was. Oh, did um, I even bring that up? I don't even know if I brought that up. I'm not sure. If you want to go ahead and do that, and then I'll, I'll say that go now. Back yeah. To what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. The painting, the actual um, set that they're using for their house. Is actually um, Abel Ferrer's friend, who's a real painter, and that's his real house, and he did all the paintings. Okay. So that's a real painter's house and a real person painting. And I'll say, that eye for that buffalo was really good. Like, it actually kind of, I can, it makes sense to me that they would, like, zoom in on it because of, like, how, like, realistic it looks. Yeah. And, I mean, especially for these, like, dream sequences, I think it actually adds an element there. Yeah, because and I, I mean, and that's the only thing I I didn't like is that we don't come back, we don't come back to a lot of stuff in this movie though, right? But I just I I wanted to know what the connection was or because it almost like it was looking into his soul or something. Agreed. It was something weird happening with him and he was really getting lost in it because he would be like lost, looking at it kind of like daydreaming almost, right? Yes, he would kind of freeze so, for a yeah. second. So I just don't know what he was imagining or seeing except for what they show us in the dream sequences but right i just don't know why <laughs> why is he seeing that right but yeah like you said man it's some some kind of intense stuff he's seeing though that blood then, him like in the corner where all the blood's just splashing on his face yes that's a weird sequence that they they put in that dream sequence oh yeah for sure yeah so that's pretty that's pretty intense and I mean, kind of something we're also talking about here is actually going to go into the next thing. Because I believe from here, Reno 
learns that you know they're a month behind on their rent so he goes back to Dalton from the gallery and we actually learned that Reno has twice gotten advances on what he's supposed to be paid and one of them actually kind of shocked me is that he paid for one of the women to have an abortion do you think and that was real though or was that just him making reasons why he needed money I believe it's probably real actually oh so you think she really was pregnant Carol? I believe, yeah, I'm not sure necessarily which one of them was, but I do believe one of them was pregnant and he paid for the abortion. Hmm. I'm thinking it would be Carol. I would assume it's probably, probably Carol not as doing well. Nothing. So I, that adds another story. I want to know, what, can we get a, that's the prequel, I want to know how they got together and how this all started. <laughs> Why she left her husband. <laughs> well, I mean, and it also is an interesting thing is that if he paid for her to have an abortion, I mean, that's... I mean, not was it her, hus- was it her husband's baby? Like, we don't even... That that could have been a really interesting, like, three minutes. <laughs> I almost feel like it's, it's Reno's because I think that would kind of mess you up, especially because he doesn't know his father, and he's, you know, terrified of being a father. That would, that, be, that would be an interesting thing. Right. If she asked for the, she asked for it, and he wasn't even sure how he felt about it, but he just let her do it anyways, and he was reflecting right. back on that would be an extra thing to add to his like his break that's gonna happen, right? But that's, that's not added. But it could have been cool. That's that was a cool <laughs> thing we could have added in the movie. But I think and they were too high to add that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say this now. I feel like there's there was a lot of coke on the set, not not in front of the camera. Per se, oh, yeah. but behind but, the camera, I feel like everybody was taking bumps. I would not be surprised. Even the cameraman, a, because some of the camera movements are really erratic. <laughs> yeah, because people kind of act very weird, and then I also feel like you can see a lot of times when they're coming down from something, too. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's all on screen, but the actual drug use was off screen. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, seriously. Okay, but um, so... so I just want to ask this because, so you think, so we, we kind of made our own fi- our own fan fiction here, that it was his baby and he wasn't ready to be a father, and so that, so that's a kind of a cool thing, but, um, so the guy doesn't want to give him the $500 because he's like, nah, because you got to give us something, because how, right. how long has it been, do they say? Um, I don't recall if they gave us a time frame. It feels like it's been a long time because the guy seems to be like, you still don't have it yet? You still have it? He won't even let him come look at it, like to see where the progress is either. Like he's definitely, and I think this annoys Reno that he's not allowed to, or that he's not going to give him any advancement. But I also think that Reno's scared of finishing this painting. Yeah, it's something weird. But I mean, it's starting to really touch. You know what? Now I can speak to that. I guess you want to speak to that now or not, but uh, just just as like somebody that does like artistic stuff, yes. like I, I know there's a wall you can hit where like when you're so worried about other stuff, your creativity's not there and you don't know why. That's something no, I've experienced I, before for sure. No, same here. There's been times where I've been nervous about like releasing something because I don't know if it's ready or not, and I have this kind of perfectionist mentality where I don't want to put out something that I deem subpar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. And there's a lot of times where you're like, I, I can see it with him, like he's trying to, and it seems like everything's working against your progress. Right. Especially like, <laughs> so is this where we get the band to move in after this? Isn't that um, pretty close after this? 
Yes, that's actually very close. And the other thing I have in my notes here is that I believe Reno actually watches a homeless guy get stabbed in the back and dies. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know if that's real or not. Because he's, like, looking off the roof or something, right? Yeah. See, I don't know either. That, and that's something that we're, we talked about. If we're doing that kind of thing where there's some stuff that's not that's in his mind or not. Right. And it, it's nothing's for sure, but it's it's possible. It's it's See, it's a it's about, a way to look at it. We can talk about that just a little bit here. I think that whole thing, well, you know, watching it from over on like the roof and everything, I don't think that's real. And I also don't think there's another scene where he like stabs a like homeless person in like a bathroom. I almost feel that's more of like a nightmare mm-hmm. and it's him kind of like that's his like fantasy of what he wants to do but I don't think he's crossed that threshold as of yet. Yeah, that's a weird thing. And um I guess I'll bring in that theory that I heard too. Uh, yeah. I was reading some people's theories and some somebody's theory was that a lot of that until I want to say they said until he kills his the art guy. Yes. And that's later in the movie not we already passed spoilers but <laughs> when he kills the art guy that that's the first real kill and everything else was in his mind. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that because I it feels think, like I he's don't, doing it. I don't agree with that either because I do feel like he has snapped because of some of the things that we've said and some of the things we'll also bring up that I think he actually is killing these homeless people. Yeah, it feels like it to me. I mean, but like you're saying, there are some some kills that do feel possibly could be like just him having that nightmare or that whatever you want right. to call it where his reality is kind of blurred a little bit yeah so i mean that's that's where you kind of play with it where you don't know for sure right. and it's but and it's never explained and he didn't really mention too much about that kind of part of it so it's right. really no this is just up for interpretation i guess at that point <laughs> right yeah but it's a way to look uh, at it for sure and you can look at it that way and i think there's a there's an argument to be had at least and actually, the next part is what you had brought up is that we get now a band is going to move into the apartment right below them and is getting shown the um, this spot by Al the Landlord. And this band is actually called The Roosters, and they're led by a singer with the great name of Tony Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, that's a random name. <laughs> No, no relation, because I don't think there's any sponsorships in this movie, I'm sure. I don't think so either. I don't know if Coca-Cola <laughs> would have allowed that. No, I didn't see any <laughs> Coke products. Uh, but I did think it was interesting, because I feel like there's a moment where the guys, like, don't make a lot of noise. Right. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. As he and I was says, like, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> right. They literally is like, you can't be too loud. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we won't be loud. And then immediately they are loud. They're having a concert every night, all day and all night as they're practicing. And I just don't feel like that they would let you do that. <laughs> I don't either. And I also, I can kind of see what you were saying earlier is that I can see some of the comedy coming from that. Because some of the lyrics that these guys are singing <laughs> are so horrible and i found myself i mean i got annoyed because like they do some of these things on like repeat mm-hmm. but some of it i was actually kind of chuckling like these are just bad lyrics and people like this group i know right <laughs> and people are like yeah at the shows everybody's like i mean it felt i like how it feels yes but it's not the best songs probably <laughs> the way it sounds but I, li- I like the vibe that they're trying to put with this i don't know is it punk rock 
I don't know what it what what style this is supposed to be. Exactly. I think it might be because I think this might be like a kind grungy, of like, punky kind of weird. Right. Like I think it's kind of like um, kind of like the lesser version of like the Ramones type of punk music where yeah, it's a, it's a like lot an more offshoot like kind of something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, Because it's kind of but not not as hard as you'd want it to be, but right. It's it's not, but it's something. It's it's related. Yes, for sure. But I actually, man, um, not that I like the songs, but like I said, I really do like the vibe of the the band, kind of their yeah. thing, because I think that's, uh, and I kept getting lost, and I think I said that, between the club and the yes. apartment, because they shoot, whenever they shoot the band, they shoot them the same way. Yes. And Very it makes it kind of up weird. on them and kind yeah. of moving around a little bit, where you're kind of getting like right up close and personal with them. Yeah, it's like a performance shot, and they shoot them. Even when they're just in their apartment, except for like talking scenes, they're pretty yeah. much shot like performance shots, so it's kind of weird. It does kind of feel like music video-esque, which is kind of interesting because this is still kind of like that weird time where there wasn't a whole lot of music videos, especially for like a band like this. Yeah, it did feel kind of like a music video at times. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. I'm trying to think of them. There's another movie I watched recently that had this, this same kind of thing going on and I don't even remember uh-huh. what it was. Was Howard the Duck like that? Yes. There's a there's a a girl punk band or something. Yes right? it is. Led by Leah Thompson. Yes, yes. Okay. I was trying to think there's some movie that I wa- I watched that recently for no reason. That movie is wild. <laughs> but it's I I liked it when I was a kid so I had to jump back Same in here. and check it out. But Same here. I love I like the band in that I like the band in that better than this one, but I like that band in Howard the Duck, honestly. Their song is very catchy in that movie. Yeah, it is. It, but this song I don't think I would I'm probably not gonna look up this song. I'm gonna look up that theme though at the okay. beginning because that was a really dope theme in that church. No, really I was. like I like that, yeah. But the rest of the songs, I just like the vibe. I'll say that just yes. to save us some time. No, I just I'm like right the vibe of it, but not the actual I'm, lyrics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was interesting, though. I thought it was but an was interesting say, way to uh, add to this guy's insanity that you got this band. That's exactly what I was going to say is that we get to see from this point on that they're always rehearsing and it's wearing thin on him. He even goes to the um, the landlord, and the landlord's like, Oh, I don't think they're that bad. They don't bother me. I love that, that scene. I love that scene because you can hear them in the background. Yes. Like super yes. loud. I feel like stuff is rattling in his little room. Yep. <laughs> and it, oh, it's not bothering me at all. It's like, of course not. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting here. Right. <laughs> and I can understand them because like, I, until I, because uh, some people might listen to the podcast with though, but I have a little like man cave office room that I had built. And before I had that, I had to work in my room, like, in the closet. That's where I had my computer. Yeah. And I would have people yelling in the background because there's a lot of people <laughs> that live with me. And uh, I had people yelling in the background, little kids running back and forth. <laughs> and I'm trying to work. And I can understand when you have something loud in the background all the time, you can't concentrate. Yeah, you can't focus. <laughs> it's different when it's music you picked versus, you know what I'm saying, just somebody right. else's random music. Right. But uh, I can understand the guy's frustration because... All you want is some quiet, just for a little bit, and every time he's trying to work, that's when they're practicing. And not only that, but he also can't sleep. So, I mean, that's also wearing on him is that they're keeping him up at all hours of the night. And these guys are high, because there's, we we get a shot of, like, after, I don't know how much later in the movie it is, but 
there's a shot like with them always performing, always practicing, and then they're like just dead. <laughs> like yes. everybody in their yeah. party looks like they're just they've had a long, long week or something, and they're all just out of there. Because yes. everybody's just even Coca Cola's knocked out, I think, or he's mumbling or something. <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand why we don't. I don't know why it matters, but I don't know why we don't have somebody taking a bump or getting a needle or taking a pill. It it seems like we should have that moment several times. I don't know why we don't either because, I mean, these guys definitely look grungy. So, I mean, I could see them doing that. Like, either, yeah, you know, using cocaine or, like, you know, shooting up heroin or something. They seem like these type of people. Because as the tension kind of starts building with Reno... There's a there is a moment where uh what what's the other girl's name? Not Carol, but the other girl. Uh Pamela. Pamela. Pamela's like telling them we're broke, we're out of drugs. And yes. so so she's so they were uh, they had drugs earlier in the movie, I guess. But That's as true. it's getting worse, they don't have drugs anymore. And okay, uh we can go ahead let's go ahead and just get this scene out of the way because I don't think it happens here. I think it happens later, but let's just get it out of the way. Um Um you know what I'm going to say? Um, possibly, because I was looking through my notes here. I know I have, um, oh, hello, girl on girl action. Yeah, so that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm going. For no reason. <laughs> but to, and all, all this did for me was confirm that, oh, yeah, they are actually dating. They're right. not friends. Because at first I was like, are they together? Are they just friends? What's going right. on? Roommates? Then they're in the shower making out and rubbing each other. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> they're co- they're together, together. Okay, but then, but then I thought for a second, will this be some tension? Does Reno not know they're together? Is this gonna be tension or something? But no, he knows. He knows what's up. Yeah, he he doesn't really seem to care. So like, he, yeah, he seems to be fine with it. But it's really weird that they didn't play him as the creepy lurker. That he's not. Like, standing in the bathroom door, kind of, like, peeking in or something? I feel like in these kind of movies, there would be somebody like that. You would kind of assume sometimes with some of the things they have, you know, for movies like this. And that's another delete. That's one of the deleted scenes. This scene is, like, 30 seconds longer. It's 30 seconds more of rubbing and nudity. I'm not shocked. Man, okay, hold on. (laughs) There's a note I wrote, and we didn't... didn't, When he goes to... uh, What's the guy's name? Darren? What's his name? Dalton. Uh, Dalton, yeah. There's just a naked lady standing in the corner. Did you notice that? I think When we go so. to ask for the extension, there's I like, so, and yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to think that's a statue or that he just hired a naked lady just to stand in the corner, the Dalton guy. But there's, yeah, we, we, we're sure. showing like a statue on his desk and then we show a corner and there's just a naked lady and then we kind of pan over to his desk and he's sitting there and I'm like... <laughs> so uh, this guy just likes nudity, I think is what we're talking about. Well, what's interesting, though, is that one of the things they bring up that first time they go and meet him is that they're making jokes that he's gay. So it's kind of interesting that he would have a woman like that or, like, even just a statue like that. Huh. But, it was, no, it was, it was a woman. It wasn't a statue. I just don't know if we're supposed to think it's a statue. <laughs> right. But it's, a, it's 100% of just a woman standing there because she's breathing. <laughs> but I just don't know what we're supposed to think. But it's just another extra nudity scene. They're really, I mean, is there a sex scene? Except for this makeout scene, but there's no sex scene, right? No, I was going to say, this is about the extent of what we get is that. That's weird, too, for him, because I feel like 
Every other movie I've seen with him has sex scenes in it. Yeah, or at so least he was like, still he was still trying to get his learn how he was gonna display his freaky stuff. I guess that's fair. Because directors with a freaky side always do that. <laughs> I mean, how many pairs of feet have you ever seen in a Tarantino? Tarantino? Yep, that's what I was, I was just thinking of him. You know what? I, that's the same thing with this guy putting his arm up a skirt. If you're the director, you cannot. Well, he wasn't a director; he was the writer. But I guess he wrote Dust to Dawn. So he so he wrote for her to put her foot in his mouth, I guess. I mean... Because there's a scene where she puts her foot in his mouth, and he wrote it. So I wonder I if mean, he said, the girl will put her foot in my mouth. <laughs> and I mean, George Clooney's like... In my mouth. What if George Clooney's like, wait a minute, why? Oh, no, it's, it's an important moment. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to make him keep it. It's an important moment. And Robert Rodriguez is like, come on, bro, I know you like feet. I'll keep it in there, man. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just imagining them having the conversation like, why do you got to suck her foot, though? What? That seems excessive. Oh, no, it's, it's an important plot point. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent, man. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I can just we imagine actually... Tarantino trying to, like, rationalize it, like why it has to be in the movie. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that we also kind of have some... Uh... We have an interesting scene with this um, this trio where they're watching TV and we actually get an interesting uh, commercial that we get to overhear about something called the Porto Pack, which is a battery-powered belt that allows you to use like power tools or things to that extent. And this will be something that we actually come back to later. And I don't understand this at all because do you plug into it or is it like a... Because I was I'm like, a... there's a cord still, so I don't understand... I'm Just assuming like this was before they had like battery powered power tools. Yeah. So I'm assuming you had to actually plug into a wall and they created this like belt where you actually have a charged battery. You and like you said, it? you actually have to plug that into the belt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's why I wasn't 100% sure. And then it cost 20 bucks back then. And I'm like, I thought y'all didn't have money. How are you going to buy this? I'm assuming that's, yeah, probably very <laughs> expensive. Like, yeah, so like if you don't have money, how are you going to waste 20 bucks on this? Yeah, that's actually a good point, is that where did he get this money? Oh, okay, so he just took her money, I guess? Whatever she gave him probably. I mean, knowing him, he probably did. He's like, yes, I'm going to go buy a suit so I can, (laughs) you know, look good for the the opening or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but that's kind of weird. Okay, but yeah, he gets that belt, and um, I thought it was cool to her watching horror, though. Did you notice that? Me too, yeah. Was that some some movie that mattered, or no? Ah. It wasn't I like don't remember something he had made is. or something. But I do believe I know what I, I feel like I remember that I recognize what it was, but I don't remember offhand. I do believe it's a. Um, it felt familiar, but I didn't know what it was. Let me see if I can, real quickly, while we're you know on here, see if I can figure out what was the. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a horror film. Always like we see horror. Somebody watching horror. I always think that's cool, in a movie. I don't right, know no, why, but I, I love like when that. they can. Because that's what I would be doing. I would be watching a horror movie. Yeah, I'm not finding what was the... It may have been just something randomly. It may not have been anything significant. Yes, I feel like it was something that was public domain because they wouldn't have to worry about paying for anything there. Yeah, that would make sense. Because this is super low budget. Y'all, oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it... I really appreciate that they were able to make a lot of these movies super low budget back then. Because oh, no, then they got too. to make a lot of them. 
a lot of stuff we talk about. <laughs> okay, um, but and then I, where I'm we actually looking through here is that it looks like the next thing that he does is attacks a bum with a drill. And so I'm assuming this is the one in the bathroom where he kind of is losing his mind. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What uh what was your favorite kill? Did you have a favorite kill? Um has it happened yet or we're we gonna get to it? We haven't got to it yet. I think I know my favorite kill. Well Yeah, mine is coming up here pretty soon because um he actually goes on a rampage here pretty quickly, is that Oh, that wait a scene. minute. Is this is this when um they go to the club and he's not feeling it? Yes. And then he where, leaves and the girl stays. Yep, where Pamela says how he has the tickets. Yeah. And he doesn't want to go because he says that he's listened to them all day, every day. And, you know, why would he need to go see them at the club? But then, yes, he gets very, like, stressed out and, like, sweaty and then flees into the night where he goes on this rampage. And I totally agree with him because if I had to listen to them every day, I wouldn't want to go see him. I mean, I probably <laughs> would, yeah. I'd probably so go he's not wrong there. I think, I think he has the right idea there. You shouldn't waste your time. But yeah, but he goes on this weird rampage where, I guess I'm I'm guessing he had time to charge the belt. Where's he charging the belt at? Or is I, it think, I might have left it out of my notes. He does go buy that pack, so I think he ends up having that with him. I just and, don't know where he's putting it because I, I don't ever see it like laying around or anything, right? Yeah. He, or is he just I always wearing it once? <laughs> yeah, that I saw like on the table or something like that. But yeah, he does kind of just hide it unless he's wearing it at all times. But you'd assume you'd have to charge it at some point. Yeah, I don't know how that technology worked back then. So I mean, I know batteries lasted for a while back then. So that's true. Know. Could be. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought that was. And he's got like a host. Is it a holster for it, or am I tripping? Yeah, like he does have one for his drill, where it almost looks like he's holding <laughs> it like a gun. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Okay, so as we're getting into some of these kills, let me let me ask you this question. Yes. Okay, this is a drill, right? Yes. This is not a screwdriver, right? It's a drill. Um, I mean, it has a drill bit. Um, that's like a screwdriver. End no, no, on, no. But but what I'm asking you is this a screwdriver? drill or is this a drill bit drill because i don't um, feel like you can take the bit off i feel like this is the old school kind where yeah, you just no, have whatever's is, on there no this is definitely one with a drill bit where like all you could really do with this one is um but it, it, it's not holes. like now where you can like take that off and put something else i feel like yeah, I see what you that's mean what now. You yeah got. i don't think it's a screwdriver like thing i think it's definitely just a drill where you can you know, create a hole and then put something into that. Because later in the movie, there's going to be some people hung up, and I'm like, how are you with um, a drill sticking people into walls without a... You don't have a screwdriver. <laughs> I don't know how you stick it. yeah. You can put a hole in their that. hand, but you can't make their hole... Because the bit won't, won't come off, and you're not reloading bits or nothing. I don't right. understand. It's not... I don't feel like we have that technology yet, but <laughs> we're, we're going to get to those kills here in a minute. One of my favorite kills in the movie is that there's, there's two I really liked. So we're getting we're getting I close to I one of mine. I think I like one of the ones you're talking about. So I did enjoy that one as well. Okay, so let's let's see. So where, let me yeah, see. Well, he's on his. Like how many? He kills a, quite a few people here, right? Yeah, the first one is that he kills the, um in a subway, and then I have that he just kills another one that I'm assuming is when he kind of just went back up to the street level. Now my favorite is. The weird guy who's like yeah. yelling at people who's That's crazy. One of my I love how they kill too. him. Yep. Yeah. That guy was 
weird, and for a split second, I thought it was Abel Ferrer. Because <laughs> at first, when he's just like, hey, he's just screaming. He sounds like what, I don't know if you have any experience around, like, people that are, like, bad on drugs on the streets. But yes. when yep. where, I, where I live in here in Dallas, there's a lot of people like that around. And if you go to some of the the worst areas of town, and when I shoot some of my videos, some of them are in the worst areas of town. Fair and you, you go to a gas station, and there's people just outside talking, not on the phone, not on the Bluetooth, just having a weird conversation, and sometimes they include you in it. <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> so it felt like that. He felt kind of authentic, the guy that was just, it seemed like weird performance, but it was actually kind of authentic. Because yeah. I feel like that's what it is. They're just like, there's three or four different things going on at one time in their head. And they're yeah. commenting on all three, so it's like, who's he talking to? What is, what's going on? And I, I like how everybody was just ignoring him. Like, everybody was trying their best to ignore him at the bus stop, I guess they were at. Yes, yep. <laughs> Nobody's acknowledging this guy. He's all behind their head, making faces. And they're like, no, you're not going to, I'm not going to let you know I'm, I'm paying attention. But I like, I like how he just kind of sneaks up behind him and kind of emerges and just drills him through that. I guess it's a plexiglass thing or something. Yes, yeah. I like, yeah, I liked how he got here. That was, that was one of my favorite ones. It's tied with another one for him, but that, that was probably my A yeah, one. That was <laughs> that one. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think I know the other one that you're referring to as well. Yeah, that, that's my second favorite. I really like how that looked. But but yeah, he's he's really lost it at this point. I guess. I mean, he's had a few dreams and. You know, Bills and his boss. Has the boss already come at this point or not yet? Um, nope, not yet. Okay, now that's going to be later. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because we kind of get this weird scene. I believe around here is where Pam gets into it with the girlfriend of Tony. And she ends up... Um, this I actually have in my notes is that Pam is pretty whacked out. And then we get this really kind of gross scene where she brings home a pizza and... Reno just kind of smashes it in the most disgusting way as he's eating. What was the deal with that? Was there some significance to that? I don't know, and I also kind of feel like I think I mean he this took time, out half of the pizza in like five, like one minute, right? <laughs> and then he, oh, do you want that, a piece? You want a pizza? <laughs> I also feel like it's kind of weird is that they bring up that there was some like bums that were killed. And Reno he almost seems like he doesn't know if he did it or not and doesn't seem to kind of acknowledge it. Oh, see, now I thought him excessively eating was him, like, reliving the moment or something. I didn't know what was happening. It, was it could be. It was very gross. I know that much. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a pretty close shot of him just scarfing down slice after slice and not eating the crust and grabbing the next one and just eating right. it. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like... I guess I'm glad nobody else wanted green peppers on their pizza because it was not. like half and half and he ate the whole half. But I wonder if that was a one take or if they had to order multiple pizza. I'm guessing it was a one take. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Because if the budget was that low, I'm guessing they're not not ordering multiple pizzas for this scene. Probably not, yeah. But I, I know like in movies nowadays, people always talk about the food takes and how many times they have to do them. So I, I was just wondering. But with the budget, probably not. It was one pizza and... He's like, hey, just film me eating this pizza. We'll figure out how to add it in the movie later. Not only that, but like how he's like eating it. Yeah, that would probably get you sick to your stomach to try to like scarf pizza that fast. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking because when I had green peppers on my pizza, that messes with my stomach. So I don't know. 
right. I get like heartburn and stuff after a while if I eat too much of that. So I was I was thinking about heartburn <laughs> watching them eat that. But the lady, um, they look they look kind of pissed off about it. I don't know if they were hungry or they just because he's being greedy or. I don't, I don't know, know. And it almost kind of looks like they're kind of just look at him weird because he's kind of acting funny. Oh, I, you know, see, now maybe it's just because I'm from this time period. I'm like, maybe maybe because they bought it and he didn't put anything on that pizza and he just killed half of it. Could be. Could it's be like, you too. didn't help pay for this pizza. Why are you going to eat half of it, bro? It's oh, there's intentionally where I will pay for something because I'm like, I'm going to eat so much of this right now. So <laughs> yeah, right? I am going to pay the lion's share right now. That's why I wasn't sure, like, what their issue was. Was it like, he's acting weird, you didn't pay for this, and you ate half of it, like, in, five, in two minutes? Right. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. Because that's the thing that happens sometimes when people overeat stuff they didn't put any money on. Yes. <laughs> so that is what not true. But it's, this is, a, this is a weird relationship they have anyways at this point. Yeah, and it's actually... Um, oh, did we get to note. the rabbit yet? Did that already happen? I was actually just going to bring that up as, I don't know where it falls in all of this, but the Yeah, I have landlord, that in my note that the rabbit. Yeah, gives this, like, dead rabbit to... Reno and like has it skinned and everything like that and it looks really creepy. Yeah, they do and they do that thing that they do a lot where it's like, but it's it's a I'm gonna if you don't because he's oh it's when he's telling them that they have to leave that's when that happened because yeah. he's like well I'm not gonna pay you the rent if they you don't kick out the band and he's like you're already behind on the rent and you don't even pay the rent your girlfriend does. <laughs> I started laughing. That, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, I need to. Right he was like, He's like, I tell you what, I tell you what, I can't give you. Here's a, here's a skin rabbit you can have. It tastes better than chicken. I can give you yeah. that, but no extension. I was gonna say something. And I, I, I was like, was thinking about here is the rabbit's eyes do kind of look very similar to the buffalo's. Oh, eyes. you know what? I, I I was thinking about that too, because yeah, when they they kind of go down the rabbit's body and you see the eyes and it kind of stays there for a second. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And then it's kind of weird because when he takes it home, he's like, I guess, taking the guts out of it. But yes. he's like really like stabbing it, like aggressively stabbing at it. Yeah, he's uh, he's not doing great with whatever he's trying to do. Yeah, he's really not not happy <laughs> at this point. But I guess that's supposed to be like just showing him breaking more. I guess or I, don't I know. think so. Yeah, that he's kind of losing touch even more with reality. Yeah. And he doesn't even try to cook it because we, we'll find out later he just threw it in the trash. And that's a yeah, really over-the-top reaction to seeing just raw meat in the trash, I think. Because nobody had a pet rabbit, right? To my knowledge. So it was uh, yeah, a random I, rabbit. It wasn't like somebody's pet, right? I don't think so. I, she I reacts like it's, uh, it was her pet attraction. rabbit. Or <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was thinking, like, no, it's not fatal attraction. No, nobody's <laughs> cooking a rabbit on the stove. Now, that would have added a layer to it if it was, like, a pet rabbit that we got introduced, like, early in the movie or something. It could be. That yeah. would have added something to it. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of gross. But I've supposedly, uh, according to my grandparents, I ate rabbit when I was a kid, so I don't know. Huh. See, I don't think I have. I know I've had some, you know, different type. Like, my, uh, my dad used to do a lot of hunting, so, like, I've had venison a lot, and I think that's good. So, like... I mean, I would try rabbit. I know, like, I've tried squirrel before, so I can't imagine it's, you know, all that much different. Yeah, it's probably similar to squirrel, I bet. Chickeny. <laughs> Not chicken, right. but chickeny. <laughs> right, just a little gamier. 
Yeah, gamey, just a little gamey. Yeah. <laughs> I think my grandpa used to say that. Don't worry, it's it's okay. It's just a little gamey, but just yeah, that's it's just fine. a little gristle. I've heard that too. <laughs> like <yep>. gristle. <laughs> I don't want any gristle though. <laughs> but okay, okay, uh, okay. So where are we at again, man? Hold on. Um, it actually looks like this is where Carol is starting to have second thoughts, and. That's where we realized that she had a good life, was married, and it now seems like she's kind of regretted oh, it that, actually calls her ex-husband. Is that when she gets the letter, or is that after that? Uh, it, it that is that why she calls she him, because she got the letter? Yes, yeah, that she got the letter, and then that's why she kind of reaches out to him. Yeah, because he sends, like, a picture of them and a letter, like, yep. you know, like, a, I just called to say I love you still letter or something. I Pretty don't know. much, yep pretty much and she's already in a bad spot with, with what's going on here so she's like huh maybe that wasn't as bad as I thought exactly cause, cause Reno's losing it so let me just he can't even I, I feel like in her head she's thinking like if this uh, thing with Dalton doesn't come through then that's the last straw <laughs> I think cause so. I've been I waiting for this this whole time I think you're definitely right I think that's exactly what it is yeah, because cause I was thinking to myself, like, why does she react the way she does? But then I was like, yeah, because that was the last chance. So she was ready right, to go. Right, because they were living off of her, you know, alimony and everything like that. So, like, she's putting all this stuff in, and he's not doing, like, anything. Yeah, and this was the big promise, like, that was down the road. Like, just, you know, I'm sure he was like, just give me till this, till I get yep. this sold, and then that'll be the big money. And, yeah, so uh, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. At this one. But, yeah, he sent her a letter, and I was like. He knows where you live at. So does he know that you're with a guy and a girl too? I don't. I don't know. That just, I don't know why that that doesn't matter. But I just wonder, like, how does he know? Where I mean, you I live definitely at? think he knows that she ran away with Reno. Oh, alimony. We 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 say alimony. Oh. So that's how he knows. You yep, gotta yep, send the, the checks. checks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. Yep. That's oh, probably so how I wonder, he knows the address. Was it a check? Was it in there with the check, or was it just another letter? Um, I didn't see a check in there. I mean, I wouldn't put it past. Because she had already got of... the money from him before that, I thought, right? Yes, yeah, because she, she paid tries, the rent. She pays the, um, yeah. Rep. She pays him with, with the envelope. Yep. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I forgot to bring that up. We get kind of an interesting scene after that where... The lead singer of the band comes to see Pamela, but she's not there, and ends up realizing that Reno is a painter and wants him to do a portrait, and we get kind of this weird scene where he's asking questions and Reno will not answer him, and he's kind of freaking out while this painting's going on because of him, you know, kind of being ignored, but he is willing to pay him $500, which would get him caught up with the rent. Yeah, that was kind of, he's like, 420 they're trying to argue back and forth. He's like, right? Where they're trying to uh, barter, and it ends up being five hundred in the end. I feel like I feel like almost Reno thought he was gonna like balk at the price or something. I think like so. He, yeah. So when he said, "Yeah, five hundred dollars. How about that?" Like it felt like he was trying to like, because <laughs> he didn't really want to do it. <laughs> Agreed. But then he was like, "Crap!" He said, "Yes, okay, whatever. I guess I got to do it. <laughs> I don't have to be friends with him, but I got to do it." <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, because he's just really talking. We, did we ever see the final finished piece? Um, I saw like a mid, like a midway finish where you can see the that he's coloring the face and the head and stuff. Yes. But. I also kind of think it's interesting is that 
I don't know if you noticed, but there's also has those like weird like squiggly lines that are also in the buffalo painting. So I think it's kind of weird that that must be like the signature they're kind of doing. Oh, for you know the what? Movie. It's in that it's in that woman's painting too. Yes, yes, it is. But I don't know what they represent. But yeah, it was in that. And is that supposed to be Pamela, or is that somebody um, else? I'm not sure. Because it looks like a woman with blonde hair, but I don't know if she's somebody. Right. Because Pamela's only blonde, I think. That we really meet, really, I think. Uh, yes, I think you're right. Cause I do think his girlfriend has uh, is a brunette as well. Like, the, but like, I could imagine, girlfriend. I could imagine a time where when they first got together and he was still into it, then he painted a, a portrait of her, maybe for for be, the yeah. girl for his girlfriend, yeah, maybe before she kind of got like coked out. <laughs> yeah, before she got <laughs> out of there, he's like, "Hey, I know you love her, so here's a a painting of of her for you. There you go." <laughs> I did also kind of find interesting is that while Reno is painting that portrait of Tony, he is reading from the Dictionary Infernal, which I guess is a book that describes demons and their hierarchy in hell. And I guess the one they're reading about is one called uh, Rovanov or Rowi, which is a demon who teaches art. Really? Yeah. So are we saying something with that or no? Um, I could definitely kind of see that being a little bit there because, I mean, what, uh, you know, Reno going around killing people, I definitely could see, you know, there kind of being like an evil connotation with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I didn't even catch that, so I was like, wait a minute, are we saying that... I heard him reading something, but I couldn't really kind of make out because it kind of almost seems like he's just rambling. I was say, did he make a deal with the devil for his artistic ability? Like, what are we talking about? Well, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting what happens, you know, shortly after this, though, because it didn't necessarily work out in his favor. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this guy, I mean, I guess, do we see any of his other work? I'm trying to remember what his other um, stuff looked like to know. Just the ones that are kind of hanging up in the apartment. Because I don't understand why this is so much different. I don't either. I mean, I guess because it's a buffalo. He wanted people, maybe? I don't know. It to be more like, yes, yeah, something... I, I don't know, I guess, I guess a bit more. Yeah, because I was like, I was expecting him to paint something a lot more uh, kind of obstruct, uh, uh, um, ah, something kind of obscure. I didn't think he would paint something like right. so regular. So maybe that's what the guy was expecting. Like he was gonna... <laughs> No, it really could be that. And not like he could be expecting a little bit something, you know, more polished, but a little bit more surreal. Yeah, because I was like, it's just Buffalo. Who's going to pay? That much money, unless you're in the Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, it's a he did well with the painting, but like, yeah, like I don't know who would necessarily want that, or unless like there's a like you know Western style like restaurant that would you know want to have a painting like that. And then we don't even know what made him want to paint that, right? We never even told that. Really. We don't know, not that it's, as far as I know. So I wonder if it was something he really wanted to paint, or if he just that's what he settled on and just said I got to do something, so that's what I decided or something. Yeah. Because I could add to why he's having trouble focusing on it. Also, because be. he doesn't really want to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that could could be, but we don't ever know for sure. We'll never right. know for sure. Because this movie was never like, unless they try to, I see where they, they were trying to remake, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. So I doubt that's. It's kind of a hard one to do. Yeah, nowadays, I mean, I think you could do it. If, if you were going to remake something, this would be the kind of movie I'd want you to remake. Something yeah, that's kind of obscure that nobody's seen because then nobody really has a lot of, you know, it's not nobody's baby. 
Not only that, but you could also kind of alter what you do with it. Yeah, you can change the story a lot more and make it... It's one of those ones where you can just kind of do like a remake in name only where you have a killer going around with a drill. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting when people do that. Like, for instance, like for, uh, what's that movie with uh, Soka Sisters? Uh, Rabbit? Oh, yeah. Like, they, they remade it, and I didn't mind the remake, but it wasn't the same vibe as the original. Right. But they kind of made their own take on it, I guess. Okay. Have you ever seen those movies? I've seen the original one from Cronenberg. I have not seen the remake yet. Only yeah. because I've heard some kind of mixed reactions towards it. No, it's not. I don't think it was bad at all. I just think it was a lot different. than the, It was a different take okay. on the same idea, but a way different take. So gotcha. I think that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Like if somebody remade this one. They could do that. They could make a way different take of the same basic idea. Right. And I think that would be okay. But these kind of movies are like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so much ambiguity and some of the stuff they leave in the, leave out there for you that right. you that it could it could be remade and, and they could make a choice based on mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so that so I don't that's that's what I would I would be interested <laughs> to see it if somebody actually <laughs> did it. But I doubt it. I doubt it anytime soon. Agreed. Yeah. But okay, um, uh, let me see where we're at now. And actually, I think we're to the point where one Did of the leave? other really good deaths in this movie is where a bum is killed, but he gets his hands drilled into a brick wall, and I thought this was very, you know, Christ-like as he looks like he's being crucified in this kind of alleyway. And that brings back what I was saying. Why Why are his hands stuck? It's, it's just a drill. He's just drilling through his hand. It's not a screwdriver. I don't, yeah, I don't know how <laughs> not, you do it here, so I agree with you. Is that It's I, not a hammer, and it's not a screwdriver, so you're not... Right. You're just putting a hole, but you're not... It, so I was like, why is his hand stuck? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like, think about it at the time, but that's definitely a good point. Yeah, he does some stuff with the drill that I'm like... It's a drill with one bit that can't come off, so I don't know how you're, how you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I guess you don't really think about it because you because now at least nowadays I think you're used to drills that are like you know you can change the, the tip on them, right? But back then I don't know if that I mean when they show it up close it's not that it's not that kind of drill. Well, I mean not only that but like even if you if you need to have a screw at the end of it in order for it to like do what they're doing and they, he definitely doesn't have that. Yeah, and if you ever tried to screw a, a, a I mean drill a screw into something you know you can't. Unless you got a magnetic tip, you can't just put it on the end and just exactly yep. move it. You have to hold it in place, or you're gonna it's not gonna work. Right. So I think it's still a cool death, but I agree with you. Is that there? There's a little bit of a you know movie logic you got to throw in there. Yeah, that that was those one of the times where I was like, wait a minute. It, it, I mean, it was it was kind of brutal, but I was like, wait a minute, you can't do that. <laughs> right. He's just playing along, but I, but you know what? I mean, when he when he drills people, I'm not gonna say the effects are great. But they're okay at times. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes I think you can for the tell, budget, like, yeah, they look good for the budget. Yeah, for a low budget, they're not bad. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not the best. He didn't have the best friends like some people did when they made their low budget stuff. Right. Because some people had like some of the guys that would be the best in the industry later as their friends. So agreed. <laughs> but I mean, Definitely agreed. the drill effect, like he's not going as deep as you probably would go. So you could tell, yeah, like, actually, there's only so much they can do with that, I think. I saw budget. something that was saying, like, he doesn't actually drill in far enough that would actually kill people. 
No, he he's drilling in, in like maybe not even an inch most of the time. Right, like you definitely have to go much deeper with it. I understand why they don't, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just probably didn't have anything where you could have the real face and drill into the head. <laughs> they just yeah. probably didn't have the prosthetic available at the time. Not cheaply, <laughs> not cheaply anyways. <laughs> but anyways, besides, but besides that, I, mean, I think, I think for, you don't really see nothing but drilling and blood. So for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good enough. <laughs> okay, um, Reno, Reno, what are we doing with Reno? Yes, it actually looks like he finally finishes his painting and, you know, calls the art dealer over. And this is where we kind of have him, you know, completely, you know, broken, where he's stunned that Dalton hates what he did. And he, Dalton also states that he thinks that Reno has lost his passion and that this isn't his best work. And I know Carol is there listening to all this, and she kind of loses her shit after, you know, hearing all of this. So it kind of seems like he's lost his grip with reality, and now Carol is, looks like she's, you know, getting ready to leave him as well, because kind of what you had said is that this is what he's been kind of placating her with, and now that it's falling through, and that they're not going to be able to sell his painting, she's done. I like I like how they shoot this scene, and you can see, like, they're, they're kind of dressed up. So this is a big moment for him, and I like how they right. shoot it because they're they're close up on his face as yep. he's reacting to what the guy said, and his 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 impression is just blank because he's like, are you like what? Because that's exactly not, not what he was expecting. You don't like it? Yeah, he wasn't. He's like shocked. He's like, what? Like, right. And the, and you can see her face. They do a close up of her face, and you see her make a weird face, and it kind of change. So yeah, when she bugs out, like. The same thing that's been been brewing with him. She's got her own stuff brewing, and this was the last straw. She had been waiting to, to give him this last chance, I think, to right. show he could be, like, to do whatever. And, mm-hmm. and this is like her saying, you know what? He sent me a letter and a picture, and you can't even <laughs> make any money. So right. I'm yeah, out of here. No, it's... And he paid, probably paid for everything, the other husband. I feel like oh, he I, was I paying he all the bills. Agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, you know what? And... She screams at the guy for a second, and I was like, oh, God. And then she, like, sm- well, she smashes a coffee pot or something. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's what she ends up destroying. Yeah, so but but she doesn't leave right away. It's the next day when she leaves, right? Right, yep. Early in the morning or something, she's, like, sneaking out almost. Yeah, she starts packing up her stuff, and uh, this is where Reno kind of, like, goes down there trying to, like, convince her to stay, but we see, like, she even, like, he takes the suitcase out of her hand, and she just walks away and doesn't even go pick the stuff up. Like, she's just done. Like, she doesn't need any of that stuff. And he's kind of, like, clinging to the fact, like, oh, she's going to have to come back to get her things. But we see, like, you know, she doesn't yeah, need that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny because she's like, he's like, wait, wait, all your stuff, all your stuff. Right. It's all over. The-. And then he turns around, and she's, like, all the way across the block already. Like, she's gone. She's walking yep. fast, so. He's like, well, I thought that was a funny. He's like, wait a minute, what about your stuff? <laughs> I mean, it just shows how done she is, though, is that she's willing to give, I mean, well, there's only, like, two outfits in there, so, I mean, it's not like she, you know, couldn't get by without it, but I do like that. You know, I feel like I feel like her more. full wardrobe is still at the house with her ex-husband in the Probably. closet. And that bag Probably. is just whatever she grabbed when she left him. Yep. So she's like, oh, I got, I got a whole closet full of clothes. I don't need that. Exactly. No, I think you're dead on. Because <laughs> I think that guy is not changing anything the way he was writing her that letter. He right. left all oh, her no, stuff sure. exactly where it was. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. 
So this at this point he's completely gone now. Reno. Yes. Yep. Cause he loved her, I guess, so he's completely gone. And is this one seems uh, like he doesn't really have anything else, it seems like, in him. And this is where he actually calls up Dalton. And we also see that well, he ends up calling Dalton to say to come over later that night, and it seems like he's going to, you know, break down and kind of fool around with him for the money that he needed. We also see that Reno has that rabbit head, and he's actually putting on makeup as he preps for wait this a other minute, guy to come over. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So that's what they were talking about? I, that's what I took it as, that he was, like, putting makeup on, and then that's... he's also going to fool around with him. That's who they were talking Okay, I was confused. Yep. There's a scene where Pamela and him are sitting at the club, I think, or at a pinball machine or something. Yeah. And she's like, "You ever thought about just letting them, letting them get you up the ass?" And yes. Just yep. use, just use some kind of lube. It'll feel better. And I'm like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" Yep. She, I thought she was talking about the Coca-Cola guy, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking? He doesn't even like that guy. What are you talking about?" No, because it goes all the way back to, like, in the early, like, part of the movie is that they recognize that Dalton is actually gay. And that's what he's trying to do here. I mean, obviously we know he's not really going to fool around with him, but that's what he's using to lure him over. I, that went all the way over my head because I had no idea. Who, in that scene, I had no idea what they were talking about and why she brought that up. I thought she was just high. I don't know why she brought it up. <laughs> and they never... <laughs> Well, now, but now you're saying that, I'm like, oh, she was talking about him. Yes. And maybe if he did that, then he would just give him the money. Oh, yep. there you go. It clicks. Okay, I got you. I'm I'm on the same page as the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we actually, once he comes over there, you know, ready to have, uh, he's even going to bring some, you know, red wine over and have a nice little evening and everything. I, did not, I a, did not catch any of that. Yeah, I didn't understand this what was happening. Though. Did he bring a bottle of wine? Um, is that what I, I really did not understand that that's I what think he happening. does I think he puts it on the table when he comes in because when he comes into the room he doesn't see anybody at first oh cause man this is blowing my mind bro because on the phone call he says no it's not about the painting it's about something else just come yes. over I didn't understand me, that I didn't understand what was happening I think that he doesn't even hate the painting like it almost makes me wonder if he just wanted a way to manipulate him? It could be. Or at least he thought that the painting wasn't what he thought it was, but he could still probably sell it. And I could almost see him like making this guy feel bad. Yeah, it's possible. Because he couldn't get as much as he wanted from it or something. Right. Okay, I thought, I thought you were saying the opposite. Like he was sexually setting him up to have to ask him to do a favor. I mean... That's what I thought you were saying. I was that's like... Some, that's some I missed that whole right subplot. It's almost like like Nightmare on Elm Street too. I missed that whole subplot when I was a kid, that it was about gay people, like a gay transitioning and all that stuff. I did, I missed right. all of that. So I missed in this movie that whole subplot about that that guy was gay, and I didn't even know. The, I didn't realize any of that. On two watchings, I didn't realize any of that. Well, I'm actually shocked because they actually have it played downplayed pretty well. Where like. I could see what they were saying when they brought it up the first time. I was like, oh, okay, I could see that. But then, like, they don't have him over the top about it. Yeah, I guess the movie, that's why. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was a drop line that maybe I was turning my head or I was grabbing a drink or <laughs> I don't know what happened at that moment, but I missed it. I did not see that. Okay, well, you know what? I'm 
it adds some layers to the movie, but I don't know if it pays off or anything. It just adds some layers. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if it adds, you know, enough, but yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, it's interesting enough for him to, like, lure him over that way, because this is end up where, you know, Dalton gets his, and I think this might be the other time you were talking about where a little bit of movie convenience as to how he stages the body here. Yeah, and this is, I like how it looks. This is, like, one of the, my favorite kills, like, the way it's displayed. Yep. Because then, like, the girl, Pamela's coming home, Yep. I guess, and then she sees, like, yep. blood and, like, a, I, it looks like a drill bit sticking out. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Right. Looks like <laughs> a drill bit sticking out. And then she opens the door slowly, and she's got the biggest eyes in the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because there's a couple times where they zoom in on her face and her eyes just bugging out as she's, like, screaming. <laughs> but when she opens the door, the guy... Dalton is just hanging by the head, just on the door. It felt like Michael Myers almost. No, it really does. And I like that. I, I was, and as we're getting to the end here, I just want to say this. I was really wanting it to be more like this and the okay. first scene. Most I wanted most of the movie to be more of that. Okay. But it, but I don't know. It just wasn't that. But that's what I really wanted. Because well, I, mean, I, I wanted these kind think... of kills, like different kind of kills with the drill, not just drilling people. Well, I think the one problem that we kind of run into here is that um, this is technically a slasher film, but the problem is, is that it's so, I mean, it's before the whole boom, so I don't really think they had, like, I mean, Halloween came out the same year, so, like, there really wasn't that formula, and I mean, outside of that, you really had, like, Black Christmas, which is more of, you know, uh, I mean, it's technically a slasher film as well, but it's more of kind of like more of a giallo with how they're kind of going through everything. So I almost feel like if this movie would have came out slightly later, you might have had more of that formulaic like slasher type movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, really feels a lot like the last movie we did, The Greasy Strangler. Yeah. It feels a lot like that because the killings and stuff, even though they're kind of horrific, they're... We're seeing him as a regular person just doing regular stuff. So well, it, it kind of takes away from the the fact that he's a killer, too, for some reason. It's just how, right. I think it's how people's brains works, because the scariest killer is the one you don't know anything about. And right. you're worried about what they're going to do. This guy, I we know too much about him, but not. But I really am never afraid of what he's going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I 100% think that it, the Greasy Strangler is, like, borrowing... Like, this is one of the movies that I think it's paying homage to, is Driller Killer. Yeah, I think I they're definitely that. kind of taking... Not necessarily, like, story elements or anything like that, but I think they're definitely taking kind of... That kind of the, vibe? The, I, how it's, like, set up. Exactly, like, the atmosphere and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can buy that. Because, I mean, seeing... I'm trying to think of movies like that now, after these two movies... Where you, you're with the killer the whole time and you know he's the killer and you see him killing but you see like mundane, uh, mundane details of his life. That's a weird formula that you don't really see anymore. Right. I mean, I guess one of the ones I can kind of think of is Henry of a, the uh, portrait of a serial killer. They don't like that one's much more grimier and grittier where like. You're with him a lot more when he's doing a lot more killings, but mm -hmm. I do kind of feel like you have a little bit of that where you're seeing the home life that's a little bit, not normal, but as normal as those type of people could have. But that's a weird formula, right? It, it, it feels like a weird formula. It is. I mean, it works like in like a Dexter type scenario where he's the yeah. narrator and you're telling the story, 
But it's right. weird when there's a story about this person and you're just experiencing their life and you feel sympathy for them. Right. When that stuff starts happening, that's when it's always, it always gets weird to me. When you start sympathizing with the killer, then it's like, that's usually how franchises mess up because they start telling you too much about the killer and making them sympathetic. Yeah, it can be because I mean, you kind of lose some of its mystique. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> anyways... It just was, it's yeah. just not scary, in my opinion, when when that's the case, when you're with, and I, I just, that's a weird way to go about it, I don't know, that's just a weird, yeah. a weird way to set up the movie. <laughs> unless, um, unless it's in his head, like we were talking about, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could see where somebody could potentially read that, I don't agree with it, but I could see it. Because the ending, well, we're, we're, we're almost at the ending here, we're getting yeah, very cause close. Because he yeah, kills Pamela uh, right after that. Yeah, he kills well, Pamela and then he, we, we don't over. we don't see him kill her. We see him grab her, and then we cut. But we don't see him actually drill her. Well, because we actually get interesting thing is we cut over to Carol going back to her ex husband of Steve, and you know they're kind of like settling back into their happy life. Well, when she goes to get cleaned up, Steve is murdered by Reno, and then we have a very interesting way to end this movie where he is under as Reno's underneath the you know sheets and everything like that in bed he's got it pulled up over his head and then oh it's him uh, yeah carol gets in bed with him oh i thought but then it was all we the dead to... husband i didn't know it was him no because he's moving around and oh okay she turns the lights off and they're in pitch black you kind of hear a little bit but you never get to know what happens there so you're assuming that he also kills her but you don't get to see anything i really thought i mean i i just feel like all we need is the drill just play the drill sound I'm shocked they and didn't then go cut. that route. I think that would have... Uh, That's all we needed, though. I feel like all we needed was yeah. a drill. Or is he going to have sex with her one more time and then drill her? Drill her. Drill her. In. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting, though. That's, that's the route they end up going with to finish this movie. I yeah. like it to an extent, but I agree with you is that there should have been like a scream or like the sound of the drill or something just to kind of put that like exclamation point on everything that you've gotten to this point. Yeah, because, but see, you know what's weird about that? That kind of that kind of plays back into the did it really happen thing. It's true. Yeah, that's because where if she left him, like, like he would fantasize about killing the girl, killing his boss, killing right. her husband, ex-husband, or whatever. And but would he kill her? I don't know. Makes you wonder. And in the movie, we don't know. <laughs> so that's a, it's an interesting way, but I just wanted a drill sound at the end. That's, I, I kept listening for that. Like, all you got to do I'd is give me, give me a that, scream, right? a scream from her, a drill yeah. sound, or just anything at the very end. Just, just to end cap it. Just anything. Because the dark thing, I think that was a really cool way to do it. Because yeah. as an audience, you know that she's slowly going to discover that it's not her husband, but she can't, she won't know right away. But right. I just I just wanted that I wanted that end cap on it. If I had that end cap, I I like the ending, but that would have made it. That would have that would have really made it for me. Yeah. But that's the end of the movie, man. Yes, it is. He killed a lot of people. Maybe, maybe not. We don't he know. Did. We don't even know what happens after this. Does he go on to drill some more people later? Does he kill her? Does he not? Yeah, we don't know what happens. You know, after he kind of you know where everything kind of leaves off. And now, I mean, I'm surprised. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. There's not a part two, but there there could have been because we I don't mean, there really. There could have, yeah. 
But I guess there's nobody really picked up on this movie to make that. That's always interesting to me, also, as we're closing this one out, how many um, movies get a sequel and how many don't. And how some movies have a premise that a sequel could be interesting and some don't, and they get, like, five sequels. Well, I think what kind of hurts this movie to get a sequel is that it's definitely much more, like, art house and surreal, mm -hmm. where it's not as, like bankable as like you know like how Halloween you know took off like it did or like Friday the 13th but there's some straight to video stuff I'm like how did you make money on this No, who watched this like I, I feel like like the Leprechaun franchise for as much people like yeah. it I don't I don't know why there's so many sequels to that I don't <laughs> <That's> know <fair. laughs> I don't know after some of the sequels were made how they got somebody to agree to make another one I mean even worse than that is Puppet Master oh god there's like 20 of those. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. But like, I guess Phantasm, they have a lot of sequels. When I heard, I've only seen the first two so far. But I, I heard that say, they get worse after that. They do, but what is good there is that Don Coscarelli has kind of been involved with it the whole way through. So like, it might not look as good and there might be, you know, questions that are asked and then never answered. But at least they kind of continue to develop the story. You know what was random, man? And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to took you t tangent enough. But you know what was random, man? I saw Reggie, the guy from that movie. What he was in some other movie, and it made sense he was in it, but I never knew that that was him. I think it was Wishmaster. I think he was in Wishmaster, and he was arguing with the he was arguing with the bum about something, and I didn't know who he was. And then I saw Phantasm, and I'm like, because that movie Wishmaster famously has. Kane Hodder, Robert England, Candyman, uh, Tony Todd. Like, all these horror people are in it. So I guess Reggie's in it for that reason. Okay, that's, that's nobody wants to know that but me. Yeah, no, I, I've i seen the first two of those. And yeah, that first one... Wishmaster has another sequel, right? Why? Why is there three Wishmasters? There's like five of them. There's like four or five. <laughs> there's sequels for movies yeah. that don't need sequels. That was the main point of that. I will say, the second one... Is actually pretty solid. I like the prison one. That's kind of cool. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's pretty cool. Wishmaster 1 and 2 yep. are pretty solid. After that, I can't vouch for anything. <laughs> yeah, same here. I haven't, I haven't even tried because I'm like, I don't... You can't be that good. But, I mean, like, like kind of bring this back to the main point, is that um, yep. I know, like, these kind of art house movies, but these are the kind that I... Well, and now I'm saying that thinking about Spike Lee remaking uh, Ganja and Hess, and that wasn't as good. So no, maybe I'm maybe I am wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, but I think we kind of talked about that though. Is that the acting just isn't as strong yeah. in the remake, and that's what makes the original one so good. Yeah, it's just the presence of those two main actors is like off the charts, and you can feel it. I mean, I'll give credit to Spike Lee. Is that like he does well enough with kind of like fleshing out more of the story, but like the acting just it, it doesn't capture me as well. I think the woman was decent enough yes, but the guy right. wasn't strong enough he was very he was no. had a very weak presence to him and the other guy just when you see him you think like when well, this guy's interesting he's very passive yeah. yeah and i didn't really like i just didn't like the way he's i won't say the way he sounded but just the way he came across it didn't feel as strong as the other doctor yeah i don't know and I, it's just some some things you just can't you just don't have i don't know yep, yeah, <laughs> right yeah no it's there's nothing you can do about it you're just born with that or not right so Hey, it is what it is. But, um, <laughs> okay, in this movie, 
Driller Killer. So, you want to go ahead and jump into the reviews? Or you have anything else oh, you want to yeah. cover about it? Nope, I think I kind of went through everything that I needed to kind of throw out there. Okay, so we can jump into the reviews. Let me see, did, did I go first or you went first last time? Um, I think you did last time, so I can uh, I can lead us this time. Okay, no problem. Okay, so for the first one then for acting, um, nobody in this movie is particularly strong to me. But I also kind of feel like they are fine for what they're kind of doing. Like, they feel natural enough. So, like, for me, I was hovering between, like, a 2.5 and a 3. I'll go with a 3 just because I don't have any glaring issues, but nobody just kind of stands out either. Yeah, for me, nobody was, like, the same thing. Nobody was super strong. Um, I think Abel Ferrer is probably the strongest one, but he directed it, so he knew exactly what he wanted. Great, yep. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, that's kind of cheating. But... I'm, I'm I'm close to where you are. I'm gonna be at about a two point five because nobody okay. nobody really stands out to me either in the movie. <laughs> so I'm about a two point five. Okay. Um, and then for cinematography and effects, I actually for here I think that we get some really kind of cool surreal type shots and everything that really kind of fits what they're going for. I could also kind of enjoy, you know, the nightmare sequence. I'm not a big fan of them always, but I do like how we have that, like, fuzzy focus and everything like that. And I also think that outside of, you know, some movie logic type things that you have to, like, work with, I think the blood and everything we get from there is good and, like, the deaths look pretty solid. So I went with a four for the cinematography and effects. All right, yeah, you were a little bit higher than me on that by, by a little bit. Um, I hovered around about a 3.5 to a 3, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think I'm going to end up being around a 3. If they did more of that stuff that they did at the very beginning of the movie, what I was kind of talking about, because I kind of like that kind of cinematography where, I don't know, it feels like something's about, like, I feel like sometimes they're good shots, but but a lot of times not for me. Right. So, but but at the beginning, like, I I thought we were going to see, like, that, because that opening shot is a really good shot. The way they kind of do the silhouette with the red backdrop at the altar. I think that's a really cool shot. In I combination agree, yeah. with that theme. So, I wish they did more of that, but they didn't. So, I'm, I'm going to be at a three. Okay. Um, and then for me, kind of what you're talking about there, the opening shot, I really thought the music for me was going to be like a, you know, five out of five. Because I was like, okay, I can vibe with this. Like, this is my type of music. Like, this is the type of stuff I listen to when I'm like, you know, working on stuff, when I'm writing things. But then they kind of got away from that cool sounding like synth music and i'll be honest i do enjoy like the roosters that we get in the movie like the songs that they're playing but they're just so repetitive to me so i actually uh decided on coming on at a three for the music okay we're gonna be pretty much on the same page with the music because i'm gonna be at a three as well i really like again i really love that opening theme and i really thought we were gonna get like that kind of stuff throughout it because i said maniac and i feel like maniac had that kind of oh, feeling. Oh, Maniac's got a great score. Yeah, yeah, so I thought every time he went out, we were going to get a cool, like, like, synthy kind of theme, but no, that's not the case. So, right. uh, I made a three on that as well. I couldn't, I did like the vibe of the Roosters, but it was more the vibe than the actual songs, as we kind of talked about. Yeah. But the vibe right. of what they were kind of doing, trying to be like that punk rocky kind of, I, I like that vibe, but I just didn't like the music. So, I made a three. Okay. Um, and then for story and plot, we've kind of talked about how there are some interesting ideas here, 
and we kind of have some stuff, and I mean, but at the core of this, we really just have a guy who's descended into madness, and, you know, he's snapping because of all the pressures around him. This is one that I was kind of hovering between, like, two different scores. I'll go on the higher end just because I actually do like that there are some kind of explanations. You can kind of connect some of the dots, but not everything. So I end up coming in with a 2.5 for the story and plot. Oh, man, I actually went a little bit higher than you, man, actually. I went with a 3, and actually, I was at about a 2.5 going into the podcast, but just okay. us talking through some of the stuff in the movie, I gave it that yeah. extra five. But um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that if they would have added just a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. it could have really made it a lot more dynamic. Because there's a lot right. of aspects about him that maybe five minutes worth of scenes, you could have fleshed him out a little bit more to get a better understanding of, not a better understanding of his, middle, his mental state, but kind of what led up to it, maybe. Or maybe yeah. issues that he's had in the past that contribute to him having I mean, having. The I break. think if you cut out a little bit of like the roosters playing, yeah, music let's cut and, out a lot like, of that, <sighs> and then add in a little bit more. I'm with you. I'm 100. Then we have we got we got time. We got all the time in the world because you can cut a lot of stuff out, but yeah. we don't do that. And I, I'd like to know a little bit more about just a few things, but I think there's room there, and there's, they they touch on a lot of stuff. They just never, like, follow through on a lot of this stuff. So I'm at a three just because of the potential that was there that I really thought they would, (laughs) they talked about, but didn't Mm -hmm. follow through on. So that point five is just you actually walking me through some stuff that I didn't understand. I gave him a point. So you, congratulations to you for helping him. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. Um, And then for me, for the experience, I actually enjoyed this movie. It's... Not one that I'm going to say, like, but my experience was, you know, uh, completely, like, full score for it. But, I mean, I think we get some, you know, some cool kind of things that work together in the movie's favor. So, I actually came in with a three for my experience. Okay. Um, that I'm going to be actually just a little bit higher than that. I'm going to be at a 3.5. Okay. Now, the, the experience part that I think they kept me at about a 3.5 is I was really hoping for more stuff to happen. Okay. So throughout the movie, like as stuff is happening, I'm kind of like, okay, what's gonna happen? What's something's crazy gonna happen? Right. I know. So I was, I was never like, except for some of those performances, kind of dragging on the, showing the music all the time. Besides that mm-hmm. part, like, I felt like everything else was kind of moving. It was a really weird pace because <laughs> yeah. we just jump into stuff kind of quick. But I felt I was waiting for something to happen. So my experience was never like oh, this is taking forever. Like, it was always like, what's going to happen next? Oh, great. So yeah. It never, like, bogged down for me. Yeah, so I think that's why I was able to give it that extra to make it a 3.5. But um, okay. it was it could have been a 3, but I'm, I'm going to say 3.5 just because I did enjoy some of yeah. the killings, too. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then for me, my rating on this, uh, I enjoyed this movie. This is definitely one that I will come back to and revisit to see if maybe there are things early on. I can't go up into this like being a good movie per se for like score wise, but I definitely think this is above average. That's just kind of hovering right below that. So I mean, I would probably be hovering between like a you know like a seven seventy percent to like a seventy five uh, you know seven point five. So I'll go on the higher end just because I do kind of 
enjoy this all together. It's still just kind of missing some parts for me to go higher. So I'll go in with a 7.5 as my rating. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm going to be down quite a bit from you because I'm going to be at about a 60. Okay. 60 to 65% probably. It's yeah. it's a good enough movie to watch it maybe one time, but I don't know if it's something that I'll come back and watch again. I mean, I watched it You're right. twice for already for this podcast, and that was enough probably. <laughs> It's it's That's okay, fair. but it's it really didn't have that that thing I need to make it like something that I really like. I guess That's fair. The theme yeah. I thought okay, I thought we were going to get that because the theme and the imagery at the beginning really set me up that it was going to be like that the whole movie like cool right. imagery and cool themes cuz even when a movie's not that good or if a movie's not great if it's got something like like a really cool theme or a really cool cinematography that can really kind of like keep you in it, stuff like yeah. that, I think can really can really um, boost up a movie that's not great. It can make it feel better than what it is. But mm -hmm. I just don't feel like that was this movie. I don't feel like this is something okay. that I would tell people you gotta see it. But I feel like it's something I could tell people to check out, but not you gotta see it. Yeah, this I think there's definitely a certain audience that will appreciate this movie, but it's definitely not for everybody. Yeah, it's not something that everybody needs to see, I don't think. Just right. just your people that we usually talk about, the deeper diver people and <laughs> right. your, your people that just love horror and they'll watch anything horror and they want to know some of the origins. I think this this is something for them. But for your average just movie watcher, probably not something they'd be interested in. I completely agree. There's not enough excitement for them, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right man so um what we got left oh what did, did you recommend it i forgot what is recommended um no i'm kind of right there with you it's like i would recommend this to just certain people like if you're deep diving into some of the more obscure like slasher films i would say give this one if you like kind of like art house or like more surreal type films but for the average moviegoer and the, the average horror fan probably not yeah, probably not. That's my, that's my opinion too. I think we're on the same page with that. I, it's it's worth the watch though for your for your like we say for those other people. But agreed. I think it's worth at least a viewing, especially if you like more of these like grungy, like dirty New York City type movies as well. Yeah, that's that's another aspect of it because it's that same. That's a really fun time period. Not fun, but <laughs> it is. I said fun, but really I, I mean like gritty. It's fun to watch. Oh yeah, no, is it's, what I mean. It's yeah, it's trash for sure. <laughs> but it's a it's a different time period, and I, I love seeing it on film. So that's always one of my favorite things to see, like old school New York or old school uh, LA. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, anything else you want to cover on this one, or you want to go ahead and call that a call that a podcast? Um, I think that's all I needed to go through. So unless you did, I think we're good to close out. All righty, man. Well, I want you guys to always make sure to check us out uh, on all our social medias. Uh, you want to shout out anything before we close out, Dave, for your social media? Um, nope. I mean, I would just say that, um, you know, Jake's doing some great stuff. So if you're not, you know, checking his stuff out, you definitely should. I have, uh, I reference it in the show notes when I can. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything all that special, I think, coming out. I know coming up here soon, I'm going to be doing my top 10 of 1941. And I also think for... An upcoming episode, I might kind of go through a bigger list. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do that, but that will still kind of be, you know, kind of figuring out what I'm going to kind of do that with that. And one. make sure you always tune in because he's dropping, you know, little mini reviews all the time, <laughs> just of random movies, Along aside from the programming he does. So 
just make sure that you're always keeping track with Journey with a Cinephile. Journey with a Cinephile, anything related to uh, any of Davis' platform, just keep keep your eyes open on that. Because this guy knows, I say it every time, but it's the facts. This guy, <laughs> he's read, he put so much uh, time into this and just really trying to get you guys a lot of information. So take advantage of it. I would take advantage of it, really. I appreciate that. A lot of times I ask him about movies just because I know he's the guy to ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. And uh, check me out if you're into it. Like I said, like he was saying, if you're into anything uh, video-wise, check me out. Uh, Dark Mariachi Studios. Guitar case full of reviews. We haven't updated in a while, but hopefully we're going to be updating here really, really shortly. So keep your eyes open for that as well. Cool. Alrighty, man. Well, we can go ahead and sign out. All right. Well, then this is David from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast, and I am signing off. This is your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with a Cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. I think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. SideQuest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick of fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest.